welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Super Producer Ian Stimson and Quiz Wizard Chuck Bailey. Chuck, welcome back. We missed you last week. How you doing? What a week to miss. What a week. What uh, an incredible audio journey, a sensory journey I was um, <laughs> taken on as Oscar embraced his inner Gandalf and indeed did follow his nose <laughs> and find the scent uh, the scent to end all scents. The one well, scent to rule them all. To rule them all. Yeah, exactly. I've been wearing it ever since and I've gotten quite a few compliments, I gotta say. It's been very nice. I would just like to announce, though, for the listeners that in true cosmic uh, timing, the creator of said scent for Oscar uh, passed away today. Uh, oh so no it's very sad but just in the weird framing of the universe that maybe he was just hanging on till you found it oscar and when he when he heard the pod good to know you're listening uh well listen well, not anymore uh, Thierry, <laughs> Thierry Mugler. um you know that that's what you were, were waiting for so um rest in peace smelling of patchouli like an old lady and sandalwood and vanilla that's, uh, I feel a little bit guilty now. I think maybe I killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of your quest, yeah. Could yeah. have happened. Oh, man. All right. Well, either way, good perfume um, and condenses, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Ian, what about you? How's your uh, How's your life? Uh, yeah, absolutely fine. No no scent quests to go on, I'm afraid. But, uh, you know, fish are all still alive if you wanted a fish, fish check. But, yeah. Got to start somewhere, innit? Bare minimum, yeah. Are they uh, Are they attacking and eating each other or? Like, are you feeding them? What, what? Give me some actual updates on the fish tank. Like, no, no. Let's just record the fucking podcast. Let's just record the fucking podcast. Look, you two got your old man flights of fancy last week. <laughs> like, we're not having this. This is about business. Yeah, the young blood All is right. here. I'm taking names. I'm cashing checks. So, like, different foods, different water types. What are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Da, 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 da. Uh, top story. Ranieri doesn't have a job anymore. Surprised? No. Fixtures. Uh, Watford. Oh, they lost to oh, Norwich. Wow. Well, there you go. That explains point A. Um, there we go. Pod done? Sure. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Uh, Ian, shall we take the fish talk off here? Or, um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. It seems like the best thing. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We are very happy to have you. We are one American and two Brits, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but often get distracted. One of us tries to talk about the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> if you're coming back, thank you. We appreciate it. We love you. Tell a friend. Leave a review. Patreon.com slash pod and join us in the Slack, where we do all sorts of fun stuff. You can get some spreadsheets. You can maybe even get a month's worth of socks. No one's buying the socks. No one's buying the socks. No, no one's buying the socks. But we will start things off like we usually do around here with our very popular segment, and that is Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Our top story this evening, as Chuck did reference earlier, Watford have sacked boss Claudio Ranieri after only 14 games and less than four months in charge. The Italian 70 was appointed on October 4, but managed only seven points from 13 games. Last Friday's 3-0 home defeat to Norwich saw Watford drop into the bottom three with 18 matches left and prompted Rainieri's departure. Chuck, I believe they are on their sixth manager since the last time you played them in 2020? Yep, 
Yep, since last time we played them, 2020, uh, six different... I mean, it's just ridiculous. We, Palace haven't played Watford yet this season, um, even though we're 23 games in because the first one is still one of the postponed ones. And they're going to be on at least at this point, because I'm not saying <laughs> the third, because uh, who knows where we're going with this, but at least three different managers until we've played them once that has got to be, even in this weird COVID change of fixture postponements of it all, that has to be some form of Premier League record for number of managers until you face them within the same season. It's ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they should have just let Emmanuel Dennis go to AFCON because all the Nigeria fans cursed them um, and said that they will get relegated now. That's a genuine thing. Look it up. Um, and yeah, so they're just getting relegated. So bye. It doesn't matter what you're doing. See you later. Uh, Ian, do you think it was fair? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because he's done well. Nothing. He, the, t- the team has done very poorly. Absolutely yeah, but nothing. I don't know. I, I don't know whether I've got it in me to blame Ranieri for for Watford. I don't. I don't know whether he's done anything specific that's been terrible tactically. I just think Watford just don't have the quality for the league. Uh, their last manager was sacked when they were in 14th place, wasn't it? I mean, th- yeah. this is what they do but I mean 14th I'd have looked at that prep I'd have looked at that table and gone yeah they're doing fine they they were doing okay at that point and then yeah got Randy Airy in and whatever it was you said Oscar seven points in 13 games um yeah it's, it's been bad it has been bad, bad. I was surprised I genuinely surprised he lasted that long in all honesty but losing 3-0 to Norwich and having uh is it Josh Sargent is that his name yeah that'll do uh <laughs> score a Weird uh, scorpion, scorpion kick. kick. Oh, it feels disrespectful to lovely Giroud doing his scorpion kick um, off the underside of the bar, and then having the sheer audacity to score again against you should. I mean, he should have just been put when they. That's why they scored the second goal. The bloke literally switched off the lights at Watford and just went, yeah. "We're not having this anymore." Get get the guy oh. out. And they went, "No, no, no. Let's not make a scene." Let's at least keep until the final whistle, and then we'll just bundle him in the van and just shove him across the border. The the, uh, the floodlight failure was a, a lovely ten minutes for Mike Dean, where he just got to like prance around, acting the big man, and uh, but but with no actual updates. And then eventually went, "Should we just should we just carry on playing? Just went, yeah, playing. Let's we carry can on. We'll just keep playing. We can all see. That was a waste of fucking ten minutes." Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, we'll just play then. Was that an option always? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was always an option. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I just like to walk around and uh, try and see if there were any <laughs> electricians around. Fucking, yeah. honestly. I'm surprised he didn't run into the locker room and come out with one of those headlamps that like miners wear. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, now I can see everything in front of me so we can play the game. And he just ran around wearing that for the rest of the game. Play on. <laughs> well, um, they did get seven points, but I just pulled up understat and on expectation they would have been 13. Over that time frame for Ranieri. So mildly unlucky then? Mildly unlucky, but still, what, 20, 19, 18, 17. 16th unexpected points, so still terrible. And only like two expected points off of 19. And in the last 10 years, Watford have only had three fewer managers than West Ham have had in their entire existence. Holy (gasps) shit, that is amazing. That's my favorite stat. Yeah, I think that was uh, Duncan Alexander on Twitter tweeted that. In their entire history. Good grief. I enjoyed that. Wow. All right. Well, um, let's move on from Claudio Ranieri and Watford then to our next story. And perhaps one for a bit of cause for hope. Uh, And that is that the number of positive COVID cases in the Premier League has fallen for the fourth week in a row. 
Uh, in the seven days up to and including Sunday, January 23rd, there were only 16 new positive cases among players and staff from 6,221 tests. It's the lowest number of positives in a week since December 5th, uh, and we had been up to 94 new cases a week in earlier in January when it was at its peak. Um, so that's a massive, massive drop-off to, uh, you know, even from last week it was 33, now there's only 16, so hopefully we're on the other side of the wave. Hopefully these fixtures can stop getting canceled. Don't really think there's much to analyze for me, at least here, but boys, be happy, celebrate, cause, trepidation. How are you feeling about this uh Fourth week in a row that the cases go down. We're down to 16 in a week. Well, it seems to be the vibe uh, of the P- Premier League fans seem to be that we, we might be on the other side of this and it feels like the vibe that might be of, of the country. I don't know what it's like over there, Oscar, but with, I mean, we're talking about in the next couple of months removing the uh, legal obligation to self-isolate even if you're positive. So the, the, the vibe has now seemed to change to... Yeah, we're just going to have to get on with this, aren't we? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, at least cases are dropping. So the Premier, I mean, we, things have to have changed with the Premier League's rules of of postponing matches because, as uh, me and you talked about last week, Oscar, it's got pretty silly. But yeah, hopefully, uh, Premier League wise, at least things might be getting better. Well, you know, at least it's nice to see the numbers indicating that we're maybe on the other side of this peak, this particular peak. Who knows how many peaks remain to come, how many variants will come in years to come. But uh, good things. But from good things, we go to bad things. Uh, and that is that Everton fans have been very, very naughty. Um, I have two stories here. The first is that an Everton fan has been given a three-year football banning order for anti-Semitic chanting during the club's Premier League match against Tottenham. Michael Campbell, 44, of Augberth Road, Liverpool, was issued the ban for shouting slurs towards Tottenham fans at Goodison Park. Detective Inspector Stephen O'Neill said, Hate crime in all its forms simply will not be tolerated, and I hope this result sends a clear message that anyone found to commit hate crime offenses anywhere on Merseyside will be brought to justice. Campbell well, will now have... It'll, a... it'll be tolerated after three years have passed, but yeah. Well, sure, yeah. Um, Campbell will now have a criminal record, and the consequences of this in the future could prove to be significant. Uh, so good. Fuck that guy. Uh, don't don't be bad person. <laughs> yep. Uh, moving on. Um, also with Everton against Tottenham, one fan was charged with assault and two fans were arrested after players were hit by objects in Premier League matches at the weekend. Luca Dean and Matty Cash were hit by a plastic bottle as they celebrated Villa's winning goal at Everton. Chelsea's Antonio Rudiger was also hit by missiles thrown from the crowd in their 2-0 win over Spurs. Uh, and there were reports of West Ham fans clashing with police at Old Trafford and the drone that stopped play at Brentford. Um, <laughs> yeah, fans are having a really good time at the minute, aren't yeah. they? Everybody's yeah. just happy to be out out and about and just <laughs> yeah. getting into all sorts of ruckus. Fucking last days of Rome stuff. I thought that, I mean, one obviously you shouldn't throw things on the pitch and that's happening more and more at the minute. It seems like we're going to go to the days of fences being put up if we're not careful. But... Uh, the most alarming thing about that was the 19-year-old who, who was arrested was called Roger Tweedle. A 19-year-old called Roger Tweedle. It's got the name of a 55-year-old Brexit campaigner. What the fuck? Yeah, that's a fake name. 100% it's, <laughs> it's got to be. It's ridiculous. Don't throw shit at pe- just at people in general. I don't want people that know me to throw shit at me. Do you think I want strangers <laughs> to throw shit at me? No, fuck you. And it's only because like that one, I mean, I, don't, I didn't even think it hit. It, it just went straight through the middle of them. And they both fell. But it's irrelevant to the point. Like, there's bottles everywhere. I don't think it should matter whether one hits someone or not. 
It's intent. And you no, just... if you lob it, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolute dick. Yeah, Chuck's coming in hot this week. Goodness. These fucking pricks. We spent ages with no fans, and we thought, oh, how good would it be to get yeah. fans in? And then you all came out with your racist, homophobic chants, your abuse, your throwing shit. I know none of them listen to this pod, but, you know, I just wanted to vent a bit. It's just fucking disgraceful and just really poor, just really unnecessarily poor that, like, oh, you think this bloke who, you know, because it's targeting Luca Dina is what the Everton fans were doing. Oh, this bloke who... Your club sold. Because your club <laughs> sold because they were angry with your manager or they didn't want to piss off the manager who they then fired a week later. Um it, and now he's just back and, oh, funnily enough, the really good player, you shouldn't have sold him. Like, fuck off, you dicks. And they'll get relegated soon, so it's fine. You know where this ends, though? This ends with, like, back to the 80s where you play games behind closed doors or we get bans from international competition. Like, I felt like the hooliganism element is creeping back into, like, England abroad, you know? And that's mm-hmm. that's that's where all this ends up, I swear. Yeah, I mean, society is collapsing around us on all fronts, Ian. And yeah. soccer is just one of the uh, places where that is manifesting at the current moment. Yeah. Um, you know, Nazis be back, so <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know. Jesus Christ, we need to pep this up, lads. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Something exciting then. Fine, completely unrelated, but, you know, we're going off track because we do. And then we'll get to the fixtures, Chuck. Take a deep breath. We'll be there in a sec. Um, but you know, to I mean, I did up. say before this, I'm recording on an iPad with 17% battery, but yeah, let's just keep, <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> right. Good point. Oh, totally forgot about that. Yeah. Let's get straight to the fixtures. <laughs> there you go. You got what you wanted. <laughs> right. We've done the first fixture. Next. All right. Uh, we had, uh, Everton zero, Aston Villa one, Everton 1.2 to Villa's 0.7. So mildly lucky victory. Um, any thoughts on Villa Everton? Uh, it was fun. Everton weren't that bad. Everton uh, should keep Duncan Ferguson for a while because keep it simple and kick it up to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Villa scored a bit of a lucky goal. I think it was a well-worked corner, but that wasn't the intent. But Everton came at them hard for a very long time. I'm pretty sure the XG reflects that, that they created more and had a couple of like really good close chances as well. Nine yellow cards, as many as nine. Testy affair. A mucky affair. Very testy (laughs) affair. Yeah, that's the the big dunk effect uh, there for you. A man literally arrested for headbutting someone on a football pitch. I always Uh, forget that and I always find it weirdly hilarious. But yeah. yeah. That is fantastic. That's genuinely delightful. Um, Proper, proper football. Sure. I mean, we just decried all the the, the hooliganism creeping in, but yeah. You know, from, but of... that's from the fans. The players headbutting <laughs> oh, each other. I'm all for People in authority, okay. it's fine. <laughs> no, sometimes you just got to find the way. What is the path of least resistance here? That's the one. <laughs> I mean, Everton didn't have a single shot on target, though, for all the XG and creation or whatever. No, nothing was nothing was done on target. Um, I think it was an interesting one because Everton are still, still feel like it's a bit more systemic than just changing the manager. Um, did you hear Big Dunk uh, uh, wanted to try and get the fans on side by putting a load of money behind the bars in numerous, numerous pubs around Goodison 12, Park? 12.30 kickoff, and he's put a ton of money behind the yeah. bar in loads of places so people can have a drink and get yeah. pissed up, make it rowdy. And it was. Tanked up fans who then end up chucking yeah. bottles and stuff. It's sort of, I think that might have backfired. And then a load of them held like a sit-in protest after the game. 
like didn't yeah. didn't move from their seats and fucking um oh matey boy what's his name Ken Wright or whatever had to yeah. come out and uh, like try and negotiate with him and saying, "Oh, you've 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 not had it that bad, you know." And it's just I feel like it's desperation times. Half a billion pounds on players to lose one nil to Aston Villa at home and be seventeenth, sixteenth, seventeenth in the league with Gerard obviously loving it as well. It doesn't. Oh, it was a, it was a bit of a perfect storm this game. I thought. Everton are slowly playing themselves into the relegation, at least conversation. Um, not anywhere near favorites, but they've got themselves up to 16% at this point. Uh, the only teams with more than them are Burnley, Newcastle, Watford, and Norwich. So they are well well in the relegation conversation for Everton. That's incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. madness how far they've fallen. Yeah, they've got, they've got a lot of good fixtures to cover, and I think if they keep Duncan Ferguson, then they're fine. I think if they roll the dice with uh, whoever this guy is, they're linked with Vitor Pereira. Who, yeah. I don't know, look at his managerial history, it's not good. And he sounds like a fiery character as well. We're looking at another manager who's happy to fall out with players and have a pop at the press and stuff. So, I mean. That's what they need. That's what they know, need. Yeah. yeah. Oh, everything's falling apart at the scenes. Let's pour a bit more petrol on this fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. Jesus. Why yeah. not? Oh, all right. Well, uh, speaking of dumpster fires, <laughs> Leeds lost to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, yeah, Jesus Christ, fuck's sake, Leeds. 1-1, 1.0 to 1.1 on XG, 0-1, Newcastle winning. Uh, still not at home, so Ian, no lap of honour to worry about there. Um, <laughs> By the way, they did. They went round the pitch to clap their fans, so I don't know if uh, they, they did a lap. Good Ian, on them. Thoughts? Good on them. No thoughts? I, I didn't say anything after last time. <laughs> so it's, it, it's fine away, but not at home. I, I just am abstaining. And John Joe Shelby scores an absolute screamer. One of the shittest saves I've ever seen. Well, it wasn't a save. <laughs> yeah. That's the point. Uh, from a, uh, like I could have kicked that free kick. That's how pathetic it was. <laughs> and yet Messier went, oh, you know what? Let's, let's, let's give him yeah. one. Go on. I don't understand what leads are. I know a lot of this league below, you know, basically City and Liverpool at the minute and Chelsea to a degree. You just don't. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's generous, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just couldn't do it to you too much. Like you don't really know what you're going to get. But fuck me, Leeds just beat West Ham 3-2 and then just lost 1-0 at home to Newcastle. Yeah, they defy explanation at the minute, don't they? Absolutely. Just... Send Newcastle down. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, Newcastle are down to 67%, which uh, I know that's still really high, right? But yeah, lower than it they was, were though. like crazy high. They're only third favorite now. Um, Watford have passed them and they're approaching Burnley in terms of their Ooh. probabilities of going down. But they have to do some... I still think they have to do some more serious moves in the transfer window. I know we've oh, got yeah. time left, but it's, it is it is running out. And I think Howe's already started having little grumblings about not being backed yet. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but that's because you're the stopgap, mate, until they get the proper manager in. <laughs> but like, well, this, you know. is, this is the problem when it's not going to be your ability that gets you through it. It's going to be throwing a ton of money at it and hoping for the best and that you just score more goals than you concede. 
still, Newcastle are off to play a few friendlies in Saudi now, so, you know, that's much needed. Yeah. Do help. a load of uh, publicity stuff, but it must be made clear that they are separate from the kingdom of the Saudi, oh. of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was never in question, Chuck. But anyhow, I mean, yeah. is concerned that the publicity stuff might take away from the football. Who knows? <laughs> it's all a fucking circus. I will say I'm incredibly frustrated to have been so wrong about how much money they were going to spend in January. Because, like... I was so wrong. Because it's not because like, it doesn't work like FIFA. No one wants to go. Oh, but you know they what? have infinite money, so it does work like FIFA for them. Not if they players could. don't want to go there. Like, yeah, you that. need you you need one mad big player who loves money more than being respected to go, and that hasn't happened. If this buyout had happened last year in their same situation, it probably would have been fine. But we're going into a World Cup year. A lot of these players, if they get relegated to the Championship with Newcastle, like they're not fucking interested. They want mm. to be playing in the yeah. top league. That is that has got to be a factor. And it, Newcastle being down there, the games they've got, you, you know, they, they, they've still got to play. I mean, granted, we said before about Everton. They've got Everton twice. So that's, you know, a big fixture. They've got Burnley once. They've got Norwich once. Other than that, they don't have any teams that are down there with them. They've got Villa, West Ham, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, Palace, Tottenham, Wolves, Leicester, Liverpool, City, Arsenal. Like, they're fucked. They're only probably getting points from about four of those games, maybe, in total for the rest of the season, I think. And I've called it right with their points before, that they'd be on 12 by the new year. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think they're, they're really, really in trouble. Really, really, really in trouble. And I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so fascinating to watch. Because that is like manager mode where you're like, I have infinite budget, but I'm starting at the championship. I mean, if yeah, if, if they get relegated, they will just dominate the championship, you assume. Oh, yeah, 100%. Even if they just buy like all the best player from yeah. every other championship team, a bunch of one-year contracts and then come back up and then fire all the championship players, send them back. And then just load them back to the clubs they bought them from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mitro, yeah. they'll get Mitro. 100% if they go of down, course. they get Mitro. Of course. Of course they do. Mitro and Dwight Gale up front. Job done. They're back in the championship. Championship wrecked. Championship straight to the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> Can we stop talking about them now? I've had enough. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's move on. Um, do we care about Brentford losing to Wolves? Both of those teams are, are not really in the conversation for anything at this point. Brentford players headbutted each other. Um, <laughs> there was a drone. Uh, Thomas Frank is insane. Um, <laughs> These are the headlines, Oscar. <laughs> the recent spate, I'm sure it might come up a bit later on, of terrible refereeing um, because it might have been a red card. The referee pulled it back when Brentford were in the Wolves box um, to send off a player who then they changed the red card to a yellow card but it didn't matter because then Brentford floated in the ball from the free kick and Ivan Tony absolutely smacked it in. But yeah, two two Brentford players like sprinted into each other and just completely cleared each other out. And it was a, I believe it was a double concussion substitution. So Oof. they they didn't use any of their normal um, uh, substitutions. I think it was Rico Henry and oh, Mads Roslev or or I can't remember. Um, so hopefully they're they're okay. Um, but but yeah, it's quite a strange one. Yeah, oh, I was interested to hear those headlines because I didn't I didn't see this game. I just think that it, Oscar, maybe you shouldn't dismiss it straight away just because Wolves are maybe doing something. Wolves generated zero point two xg. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Ian, cue that jingle. <laughs> a bit late. <laughs> oh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. Yeah, bit late on that one. Thank you for the <laughs> reminder, Chuck. Wolf scored two on 0. 0.2. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like okay. it was 1.3 to 0.2, and then they won it 2 1. Joel Moutinho and Ruben Neves with his crazy angry pirate eyes smacking balls in from outside the box. Uh, all I would say is that Wolves are sort of four points away from the top four with a, a game in hand, if if not more, on most of the teams. Ian, so, Ian, Ian. Yeah? No. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'm just saying... Don't no, dismiss, he's, just, he's just stating facts. Don't dismiss Fair Wolves enough. out of okay. hand is all I'm saying. And Bruno, matey boy, can't remember his name... He deserves some Large. some respect for turning Wolves around because they were sort of getting a bit lacklustre under Nuno, weren't weren't they? And this is he hasn't managed in the Premier League before. Oh yeah, because because scoring nineteen goals in twenty one games screams vim and vigor. Yeah. I'm not saying it does, but they've also conceded very few, haven't it's they? It's just it's just a They're repetition so of a boring. theme. It's dull. I, I agree. I agree. It's incredibly dull. I'm just saying they wouldn't be the first team to dull their way into a European qualification spot, would they? A European spot, sure. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they are, what, 4% for top four. So yeah, no, I'm technically, not, I'm not like, really suggesting top four, but I'm, I'm saying no, they're No, so in, I'm saying European, yeah. like, conference two yeah. champion, whatever the, the, yeah, the whatever fifth the division many. one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, they're so fucking boring, though. I'm with Chuck. I don't want to talk about Wolves ever. They're, the, they're Stoke 2022. Remember Tony Pulis' Stoke? Oh, my God. They were boring. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. No Wolves. Um, But (laughs) from one (laughs) team with a W to another team with a W, we had West Ham losing to the red team from Manchester 1.8 to 0.3. So if anything, a 2-0 scoreline to red team would have been more accurate. Uh, Marcus Rashford scored. Yay. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Yeah, always nice to see. Uh, that funnily enough he can feed a million kids and still kick a ball in the back of the net simultaneously those things are not yeah. mutually exclusive same time he was chucking bargain buckets into the crowd <laughs> <laughs> why not why not, why not? Uh, was this match interminably dull because I uh, I honestly watched about 20 minutes of it and then went no this I can't be bothered with this anymore must have been I'm going to, I'm going to assume your assessment is correct sir good Awful. I'm not interested I I don't know. I also didn't watch it um, because Rocket <laughs> League was happening. So, you know, I prefer that to watching the red team. I, w- I try to watch them as little as possible anyway. Um, yeah, sure. Southampton City, 1-1. One, one. Again? 1.0 1. 1. to 1.5. What? The city? D- South? What? <laughs> Please explain. Sorry, someone. I say again, it was a draw again. It was nil-nil last time they played. Two points. You know, yeah. that's good. Southampton appeared to be a bogey team. Really weird. Um, let's not have this title race narrative because it's boring. Oh, what? No, of course it's back not. On. No? No. Yeah, it's just boring. <laughs> just leave it be. It's like, this is the, everyone will spend, because we've got like two weeks now, basically, until the next fixture. So there's going to yeah. be approximately 18,000 column inches on how <laughs> the title race is back on and this and Woo. that. And City are just going to win the next 14 games straight. <laughs> yeah, like, this doesn't change anything. All oh, the percentages, all oh, Liverpool, if they win this game in hand, they'll only be six behind. Yeah, still behind the best <laughs> team in the fucking league. This is ridiculous. Uh, uh. Or, or as Pep called them, genuinely called Chelsea and Liverpool the two dinosaur teams behind me. And I don't really? mean that as in old man dinosaur, but as in rampaging dinosaurs. Oh, okay. It's so hard to decipher Pep sometimes. Must go faster, must go faster. <laughs> yeah, objects do appear closer than they are in the mirror. Um, 
But yeah, just just random. Um, uh, how does Southampton do it? I don't know. Maybe it's just a bogey team thing. Do you believe in bogey teams? Do you genuinely believe in bogey teams? Like, because th- that's pure like us forcing narrative onto random noise. No, I think I think. In I a think. time, in a confined amount of time, as in a particular manager with a team against the same manager with the same team over multiple times, like they might just have the way that unlocks it. But I don't believe the like one certain team because 25 years ago we used to lose to them. Oh, we'll lose 25. You know, it's very much a ship of Theseus kind of thing that like none of the parts are the same, but it is the same thing. Yeah, it has to be relatively current doesn't it i think but the the important thing is that players and managers definitely believe it like players are super super superstitious yeah and that's true they are they are one for a conspiracy they <laughs> yeah, are and they definitely believe it so to, to say that that doesn't affect performance in a game where we're always talking about you know marginal gains i think mm. it definitely it definitely can be a thing Twenty six percent possession. Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. City have Brentford, Norwich, Tottenham, Everton, United, Palace, Brighton, Burnley, then Liverpool. So yeah, game week twenty four to thirty one, they win every game apart from right. Palace naturally because <laughs> okay. we beat them before. Yes, guys, we beat them and we get to clean sheet. I just don't want to keep going on about it. Arsenal, you had a really good forty five minutes. That's fine. Um, <laughs> You know, and then they play Liverpool, and then City beat Liverpool inevitably. And then oh, it just what if Liverpool on. beat City? What if Liverpool beat City though? Oh, oh what if Liverpool will beat City to only go nine <laughs> points behind them with a game with no games in hand? Oh, Ooh. oh, poor fucking sure. Sure. pricks. Don't care. Arsenal, Burnley, nil nil. Fuck off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's it. That's my assessment. Come on, Arsenal. I thought the. Juggernaut was turning round, but apparently not. Well, it is. It was just. It was just that juggernaut in the fucking Suez Canal. <laughs> Arsenal are just the Evergrande. Where you think, oh, we're fine. Oh, Jesus! Someone come and get a load of diggers. Oh God, they haven't scored in fucking forever. We curse them. We curse them by being nice. This is what happens. I should never say nice things about Arsenal, or only say nice things about Arsenal. One of the two. Ian, did you just say they haven't scored a goal in ages? I thought that was right. I thought I heard that somewhere. They didn't play a game in ages, but... They oh, scored, that's it, yeah. They scored, they scored 12 <laughs> goals in the previous four games. 15 in the previous oh, five. We're just yeah, stating but, facts. Yeah, I must have been led by time. Yeah, that's a weird It's one. just a fact. It's a it's an actual fact. I don't conform to time. I don't yeah. don't understand it, don't believe in it. So You, you uh, do. You only, uh, you know, historically, you only work in game weeks, don't you? Yeah, yeah I work outside the construct of uh, the fourth dimension. <laughs> As it were, what that will do. Should we speak about this shit show then? Which one? Uh, the, the Palace Liverpool one. Oh, that shit show. That do you want to talk about it? I assumed you didn't. I mean, in a way. I'll throw this that line out and then you can take it away. Yeah. Uh, Palace 2.2 to Liverpool's 1.7 on yeah. XG. So Palace beating them on XG. Can I get a quick Burnley of the Week, please? Burnley of the Week! Thank you. I have, I have two things I would like to preface my rant with i guess rant, in a way rant. it may be yeah. a rant i don't know but let's see um where it goes. for the record i think you'd be justified in a rant liverpool are categorically a much better team than crystal palace you can put city liverpool chelsea and i reckon even like tottenham you could move tottenham to syria R. you could move chelsea to league R. you could move liverpool to germany you could move <laughs> like, city to here? spain Sorry. you could move city to spain 
and they would win all of those links. Such I is see, the right. golf in class that like it's just they are amazing. And a lot needs to go right for a team like Palace to be able to beat Liverpool. Mm. Now, I also want to say that in no way, shape or form will I attempt to hide my bias in this next segment because <laughs> I don't have the Fair energy enough. to and frankly, I don't have to. But when you have one of the worst, most discordant, like inconsistent official performances like that, that just across the board was awful and unjust and just baffling from the start of the game, be it that, you know, Liverpool came out and for the first half an hour, you're like, we're going to get destroyed. They were just unplayable, attacking well. Uh, Schluck blocked Anderson, who was marking Van Dijk for the header. Very well worked. Good goal. Then you get the second one, which Robertson plays the ball in. Roberto Firmino is offside from when he plays the ball. He is engaged with Tyrick Mitchell. As the ball comes over, he jumps to head it. Doesn't yeah. miss it by much, but that leads to Tyrick Mitchell to jump, which then means that Oxley chamberlain has the time and space to score from where he is at the back post. Yeah. If that ball is a through ball on the ground and Roberto Firmino sticks his leg out to get Make it... Make to move towards it, yeah, I do. And it I goes through to Oxley chamberlain it's given as offside. Yeah. I don't understand 100%. how that's not given as offside whatsoever. We then have Michael Olise getting backed into in the, you know, it, it, he's not the only one that does it, but we all know what it means when we say the Harry Kane move. Yeah. Who then flips up and lands on his neck, head down, and the ref tells him to get up and allows Liverpool to play on before he is realising, oh, wait, people might notice that I'm being a dick here and this could possibly <laughs> be a head injury when this guy fell head first from about five feet in the air. You have... Benteke running through, onside, flag goes up straight away when we're going to attack. Why? I thought the rule was, yeah, even if it's remotely close, you let They're VAR so bad pick at that. that up. Do you want VAR to pick it up or not? Do you want the referee to be this all-conquering fucking behemoth in the middle of a pitch? Or do you want it? And it's this part is what's endemic across the board, and it's fucking awful. And I think it's why... Because when you watch the whole game and all of the events leading up and the fouls and the this and the, the handballs for, let's say, like the knocks off the arm for Liverpool that are allowed to play on until the resolution. And then like Gallagher gets one, but not blown up straight away. Or like, like I said before, the offside one. But then those build up to the fact that it's such a ridiculously huge response to the what was not a penalty. Because yeah. we've been told this year, and Vieira came out, and he he was very, very eloquent and very measured with it, I thought. And he said, we managers, we sit down with the referees at the start yeah. of the year and at various intervals, and we get told, this is what's going to happen. And one of the things was, because football is a contact sport, which it is, that contact does not mean a foul. And if the ball is going away, and we've seen it with a lot of different penalties this season, that the contact is made. Therefore, but because the ball's going elsewhere, the player's never going to get to it, it's not given as a penalty. So how can that be the case? And then Diogo Jota, who it doesn't matter what he was trying to do with the move. Granted, you can look at his foot position and see, oh, he was trying to play it over Guaita and then maybe go to the right. Well, he didn't. 
He went to play it. He completely yeah. missed the ball, kicked it forward a bit. Then makes a big move to the right. To fall yeah. into Guaita, who's mm-hmm. basically stopped at that point. He doesn't clear him out. They, they, Jota doesn't flip or fall. They just kind of tap into each other. But like, if Jota was running full speed, yeah, he could have got the ball, but he could never have got the ball there. The referee gives it as a goal kick. Fine. The VAR then looks at it for about 90 seconds to two minutes, maybe even longer, before then saying to Kevin Friend, the Kevin enemy, um, that he needs to go <laughs> over to the screen and look at it, before then he goes and looks for ages. And you, well, you know, by, the, by that time, it's all over. If he's going to look at it, this fucking thing seems to have happened now, where they're, if they're going over, then they're changing their mind. Exactly. And that absolutely, is absolutely, absolutely. fucking ridiculous. Like, why is that the thing? Does it need to... It's, it, the clear and obvious thing never made clear and obvious sense anyway, but it's just... There's, there's, there, there is an element of the sport which is to do with perception and those kind of bits. But, but, but spending that long to look over one decision, they always said that wasn't the point. And the whole reason they didn't want to bring VAR in anyway was to, not to stick out of the game. And, and it's the human application of it is just fucking woeful and appalling and every single team every single player deserves better than this because the talking point should never be about some you should you should genuinely never know that a referee's there in theory if the game is managed properly if the whole stamp of the game and and the way it's set up is properly the referee should never basically even have to do anything practically should never be about him and about him spending five minutes to decide anything but that's what football's becoming and it's just fucking shit I just, I, I would love to know the conversation that was going on between uh, Kevin Friend and, and the VAR official. I don't know who it was because his on-field decision, as you say, was no penalty. His on-field and decision then... was fine. Even Mark Clattenberg has fucking come out and said the Firmino <laughs> thing was an offside and the penalty wasn't a penalty. He should have yeah. stuck by his first decisions. But like, you, you must have a situation where the VAR is sort of trying to convince him. No, he, t- he did. I think that's what it is. There was one of the guys who runs the Palace social media account, or he's part of that team, on his personal account was saying where he was, he could hear the conversation with VAR. Because obviously it goes through certain bits. I think the commentators... Yeah, they get access to it now. They very often have it. And he said the VAR was telling him, no, Jota was going to get that ball. And he just isn't going to get it. Like if Jota was running straight and sprinting, I think you can get away with it. But he wasn't. He fucking stopped. And it's it's just ridiculous. And then and then you have Jurgen Klopp, the king of the fucking complainers, going, Oh well, I haven't seen it, but it must have been a penalty because the referee and the VAR this <laughs> Yeah, remind him of that it. next time it goes against him. Fucking hell. This is the guy who complains about the wind blowing the wrong direction, the length of the grass being too long, the fact that it snowed last Tuesday. <laughs> Some of those things literally happened. And it's just it's just the injustice of it. I I I can always in a competitive way when things are fair and and you can go at teams together, if you just lose because you're not good enough, which like Liverpool are better than us categorically, but if you get a situation like that, it's so so wrong and and just yeah. destroys the whole point of it. It's not Liverpool's fault. It's it's you know it's it's similar to the vitriol from uh, Verstappen and the Formula One from those who know about it. It's not his fault that like what happened, but no. now it. He doesn't get to enjoy it properly. Liverpool, you know, people now say, well, they're at Palace's XG afterwards. Like, watch the tone and the flow of the game. Like, 
we were so close so many times in the XG fucking shows that. 2.2 to 1.7 Oscar, right? Yeah, that's right. Right? Take off 0.75 for the penalty. So it was 2.2 to 0.95 yeah. in like the 90th minute when the pen gets given. I just... Well, it, it's... There was just some... I mean, just to take it down to a, a base level as I tend to do, but like when Palace got their goal and the the absolute noise in Selhurst Park. I was watching it mm. cranked up and it was something else. And the the momentum that Palace seemed to have and it was it was you know genuinely exciting to watch because they're Palace are an exciting team now. Imagine saying that a year ago. <laughs> but Palace, Palace are an exciting team now and you've you've got a team where you know Zaha isn't even necessarily your most fun player anymore. Which is yeah. fucking mental to say, you know, and and it it really had a f- sort of feeling of momentum about it, and with it just gets killed off with a, a, a very poor penalty decision, which, as you say, wasn't mm-hmm. the only poor decision, but it just it just robs us of the last sort of five ten minutes yeah. of of you know fantastic suspense filled football. And it was a real, it was a real disappointment. Officiating's been pretty poor all over this week, but it was Just, particularly yeah. bad. They, they could, I don't even know what to, what can improve it because it just seems to be the basic human element of just uh, just not being good enough. I don't think there's tech that you can use to make this better. I go, I always go back to my suggestion from basketball. Like a basketball court has three referees. Mm-hmm. Linesmen, like leave the linesmen, let them do their thing, or automate offside. Because at this need, point, we, we don't could. need linesmen, right? But you do need more referees so that there's always someone. And in the case of a disagreement, the third person is the tiebreaker. So, like whoever was the closest makes the call. If someone else was also pretty close, and there's a disagreement, then it goes to the third referee. And like a basketball court is so small, yeah. And there's l- half as many people, yeah. And they still have three referees. But a big ass soccer pitch, and there's some fat guy in his fifties trying to keep up with like elite athletes sprinting up and down the field. Like it's fucking insane. Because yes, there is a human element. So like mm. the way to solve that is either to relieve the re, like completely remove the human element, which they can't completely, or put more humans in there to get hopefully get a majority that will be correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or at least correct more of the time. But this whole like like if it's a clear and obvious error. It takes 10 seconds to be like, oh, you made a mistake, really obviously. And then you go to VAR. You know what I mean? Like, and then call him and be like, oh, go look at the screen. If you're sitting there looking at something for two minutes, five minutes, and you're like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't Like, that's All not a clear cool. and obvious error. Carry on. Yeah, absolutely. It's not yeah. about – it's the point of it is to try to get to the right call as much as possible. Yeah, it's insane that you can have two top-class – supposedly referees looking at that for as long as they did and come to the wrong decision. And they're meant to be the best. They're meant to be the best, yeah. apparently. Because the best referees are still insufficient. It's just the way, it's the structure. Here's what will happen with this. Kevin Friend will, in the next round of fixtures, will probably just get put on VAR somewhere, won't be on a pitch. Yeah. Nothing will happen. Won't have to explain himself. If Vieira says anything, like, I tweeted about it. You could see the players afterwards going to Kevin Friend, Patrick Vieira, there was Gerhi, Anderson, Joel Ward, a few others, and Anderson walked away. Mark Gerhi was there, and Patrick Vieira went, Mark, Mark, don't talk to this fucking guy. Let's go. <laughs> and he went to then give him both barrels inside and whatever happens, and maybe he gets fined or whatever. Because for some reason, these people that 
are across the board with every team. Just And I, I don't think that this is a, in this situation, when I say about bias, I don't think he's deliberately trying to actively make Liverpool win. I don't know. There is corruption and betting invest, investigations <laughs> going on in the Premier League at the minute anyway. There is. With what necessarily isn't that suspicious, a 52k bet on Granit Xhaka to get booked. You know, I think that's fine. Um, that's basically as much of a slam dunk bet as you can get. Congratulations like, on that, by the way, Chuck. Let's not... <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, but, like, people use AFCON at the minute, and it's quite disgusting as a... Uh, anything that happens is to, like, highlight, oh, maybe this is corruption and whatever. Like, the last few years in wider society has shown us... Look, the, the people in glass houses shouldn't fucking throw stones, and we just try and project our own kind of and hide our own um, kind of scumbags and nepotisms and all these kind of uh, corruption things by highlighting others so that ours doesn't hide. There's no reason to say why potentially referees couldn't be bought or players could be bought. Let's let's not pretend that we're somehow holier than now or whatever. It's not possible. But I do what I do. To, and that's just conspiracy theory, Chuck, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But what I do genuinely believe is that Every single supporter of every single team has, and every player, moreover, has a right to feel that what is happening to them is unjust through inability, ineptitude, whatever it is, underfunding, underperforming, um, the weird referees can't be criticised. Well, if there's no comeuppance and no punishment for my what I do, fuck it, I'll phone it in. If you could turn up to work every day, half job your entire work, not put anything in, put 10%, oh, I've made a load of mistakes today. All right, well, yeah, see you tomorrow. Uh, nothing happens. That, that doesn't that doesn't happen in life. Wow. Football players play bad. They're dropped for a while, or they're sold, or you know they play with the under twenty threes or whatever. Like nothing happens with refs, and but why? They're just inept. And I, I, it's it's fucking idiots. Put two eight K cameras. You know those wire ones they get the spiders. Get it so that you can get one in each half, and they ref it. Someone refs it with science. And space tech. <laughs> Elon yeah. Musk. Get on it. <laughs> Elon Musk. Can he do? So, I don't know. Can we do something with bleach in the veins? No. no. Yeah, a light in the body. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... uh, Whew, that felt good. Um, good. Edward. Edward's great. Mateta's playing really, really well. Uh, Jeff Stuck did a beautiful ball. Um, I love Mark Gerhi. I love Joachim Anderson. I love Ward Anderson. I think Anderson is. A, like being low key brilliant for you. Look at Ian saying low key like he's not thirty nine. <laughs> Is that a young person's thing to say? Oh yeah, I'm thirty eight. Anyway, slip that one through, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, do, I, you know, it's still great time. I, I think it's just unjust, and it's especially when you think like, like I said before, you need a lot to go right, and I think the way the game was going. And it, it just you you can just feel it. You can just feel when something. When you're at a, you, if you've ever been at a sports match or or whatever, and like something just turns, mm. and you just you just fucking feel it, <laughs> man. It, it's it's almost akin to like when a rock star on stage just fucking grabs you, and like you're in that electric moment, and you know something incredible is about to happen. And that's just how it felt. That like we were doing this stuff, and. All credit to Virgil van Dijk, by the way, for clearly being the most stubborn man in the world who will never sprint. <laughs> no matter what happens, like I've got to applaud that kind of blockheadedness um, because we were just having so much joy. You were. 
didn't have Mane, didn't have Salah, whatever. We've got Norwich next. We've got Brentford. We play Chelsea just after they come back from the Club World Cup and I think have Inter Milan in the uh, Champions League, Oscar? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, you guys are actually our next Premier League match, is you guys. So, like, that's kind of as good as we could get it potentially to play against the Chelsea team as well. Um, so that's a good opportunity potentially. Then Burnley, Wolves, who knows what other, the, the rearranged Watford fixture. So, no, I'm still feeling so good about this team. I love this team. Oh, yeah, I love absolutely. It. I think that's that's why it hurt, this hurts. But yeah, hey ho, there's my catharsis. Yeah, good. Glad you feel better. There you go. Yeah, that was good. It'll be uh, 120 dollars an hour, by the way. Um, <laughs> you can bill my secretary. Sure. Is that Ian? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's the pretty face out front. Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't really have anything to add, Chuck. I think you like really totally completely covered that. Absolutely. I feel like you guys got fucked over, but you know everybody gets fucked over and it sucks. But um, you should be proud of yourselves for doing that well against Liverpool. As hard as that might be to feel, that's kind of my whole take on that. Hey, this season wasn't about achieving everything. Like we're far further along than anybody thought we fucking were. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible, incredible. Because you genuinely outplayed them. Leicester did a draw with a Brighton. Brian won another game one-one. Look at them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, naked. Lovely. Well taken, Chuck. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The eighth game this season. They've won one-one. Well done. (laughs) Brian. Definitely not unlucky in this one. 2.4 to 1.3 on the XG in Leicester's favor, so decidedly worse. Patson Daka got a goal. Three goals in three games. I wish we bought him as well. Never mind. Uh, he's a good player, So um, and he scored against Brighton, so I like him just that little bit more. <laughs> uh, and that does bring us then to the final match of the week. That is the big London derby. Chelsea-Tottenham. Uh, we had Chelsea 2, Tottenham 0, Chelsea 0.9. To Tottenham's 0.4 on XG. Um, so not as big of a win as the 2-0 scoreline would indicate. But Chelsea did look pretty good here, mm-hmm. I felt. You know, of course, I talk shit about uh, Ziyech, and then he goes on to have, like, the two best matches mm. of his career in blue. <laughs> it's, it's good to know he's a listener, though. Um, please leave us a five-star review, Hakeem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was wrong, or at least he has found a space and a situation within Chelsea where he is thriving at the moment. Love to see it. What a fucking curling shot. Oh, oh my so God. Oh, it was lovely. It was a thigh rubber, weren't it? It's as good as that was as perfect as he could have hit it. It, it, was it the literally was. Stamp. It yeah. really was. And so I saw someone on Twitter say that he hit it just soft enough so that the entire stadium knew it was going in before it went in. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because Ziyech in his uh, uh, post-match said oh I thought I'd hit it a little bit too hard but then it just just <laughs> popped in beautifully there's a beautiful there's a beautiful picture I saw which is from across the goal and the ball is it's in the corner but it's like just about to go across the line right. and Lloris is just standing and staring up at it I think I'm looking at and, that uh, exact picture right now as the, you say the, yeah. the caption for it is like it's, it's an incredibly great skill of sports photography when a single picture can tell you exactly what happened yeah. in the five seconds leading up to it. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought it was just beautifully done. But uh, are you not bored of playing Tottenham? It's been three times in a month. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth time this season. Like, Well, the two of those were in the Carabao, right? So like, I didn't watch those. So I'm, uh, to me, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> They're not real games. Right? They were our Carabao semifinal. Is that right? We played them twice. I'm not making that up. You're in the final yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, genuinely, I, we won, I think, because we're in the final. My Nick, my my famous friend Nick, who's just coming up a lot on the podcast, <laughs> uh, was like, hey, we should watch the Carabao Cup final together because it's Liverpool-Chelsea. And yeah. I was like, oh, and is said, it? Okay, up, sure. Nick. <laughs> Uh, Nick won't listen after this week. For the record, (laughs) this is exactly the type of match that I'm like, that's all that we have left this season. That and the Champions League run that we're going to, you know, win. Because, like, I don't think that there's anything to play for in the league. I think we're going to, we have top four on lock and we have top the title race on zero. Um, so it's just the matches against the teams you really fucking hate. And I really fucking hate Tottenham, man. I don't, I was trying to explain this. Like, uh, these two teams just, there's always violence <laughs> when they play each other. There's always handbags or like a scuffle mm, yeah. or an almost fight. There's usually red cards or at least a ton of yellow cards. The players, it's always a very physical game. Like they're always on the edge of a red card. Especially if not when there. you've um, played each other so much recently because the, friction just builds and builds out it's like you're playing against the same player again and again and yeah and then when that player is antonio rudiger i mean it's gonna piss people off (laughs) yeah he's a big boy i can't believe they haven't just why haven't chelsea just given him the money i don't know please give him all the money money. and the armband (laughs) money and armband tiago silva i think he's older than ian and they've given him another he's year. Not. <laughs> he's 37. Is he? Yeah. I think he's going to be 38 this year. Wait, why did you yet. approach that with such indignation? I said he was older than you. I don't you know. He is not. I just assume whenever there's anything age-related. I want to be known related. as the senior party here. <laughs> whenever there's anything age-related, I just assume it's an insult and kick against it. Instinct. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. Now we got to start reverse tricking him into calling himself old. Uh, Chelsea were good here. I mean, they were better than Spurs. 65% possession, seven, 15 shots, seven on target to six and three. Um, you know, they got the XG battle, all of that. All the stats kind of indicate that Chelsea were better here or at least controlled the game. Um, but I saw a lot of people like really talking shit about Spurs and how negative they set up and blah, blah, blah. And I think that, no, they set up in the right way to potentially beat uh, Chelsea, like this has worked against us in the past. These teams mm-hmm. who sit and let us come out and like get dangerously high, and then there's a ton of space behind us. And you know, that's how West Brom score five on you sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like, but but it was with personnel as well. It felt it wasn't just the formation and the and the tactical setup. I thought it was personnel as well, which felt like a, a Conte sort of saying to Levy, You've got to do something in the transfer window. I wonder how much of that there is true, but. I think there's probably an element of that going like buy me some players Um, but if he you know we just said about Tottenham and Chelsea playing each other twice in last month if he rolls out the same thing again that he did in the two games before that than he lost that's very true yeah he's got the third time of asking you've got to try something different because evidently if you go out the same with the same thing chances are the result's going to be the same. And, you know, obviously it was here, but that doesn't mean it wasn't warrant, didn't warrant worth trying. And Spurs, they played with a lot of defenders um, and yeah. they've got like quite a few injuries at the minute. There's a lot of uncertainty, I think, with what's going to happen with players like Lo Celso and Brian Hill that hasn't really done anything. I don't know if there's injuries there. Um, no Lucas Moura, no Hummin Sun. And Tottenham, Tottenham are a great team, but they're, a, you know, they're not an incredibly deep team. So, when you've got those issues, and like Oscar just said, like if if you've seen success has come against Chelsea for teams like West Brom from sitting back and trying to do something, why not give that a go? Is 
yeah. in kind of a free hit-ish way. To, yeah, yeah it, it felt like a combination of injuries and tactical decisions. I don't buy into the idea that he was trying to send a message. I think he went out with, given his, the players that he currently has, the best plan he could come up with to try to beat Chelsea. But, I, but as I say, personnel, I don't think, agrees with that just because Doherty, Sessegnon, it just doesn't feel like at any point he considered winning that game. I mean, they're speedy. They're speedy up the sides. So if you're going to hit on the break, you need but someone who did, can put in a cross. But they didn't do any of it. They, they, they had no width and didn't get round Chelsea. I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of a moment where Sessignon was inside the box playing a pass across that could have been really dangerous. I don't think it came to anything, but like... That's a that's a caveat, heavily caveated sentence you've given us there. I, he, was, he, was in the, he was in the penalty box with the ball at his feet playing a pass across space. Like, that's a dangerous situation that but it, Sessignon was But there. it didn't happen enough. And I, no, I, 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 you know, I just... I can't I believe just, I'm sitting here defending yeah, Spurs against you guys. What sort of position have we got you into here? Um, but I do think that people are being really harsh. I think they came out with a strategy and i think that it you know they did mostly contain chelsea and i think especially maybe i'm just a conte fanboy and i'm just giving the best possible interpretation to him um that is certainly in the cards because he is one of my favorite managers from his time at chelsea but Mm. i mean i look at the league table sorting by xg per 90 and tottenham are decidedly clear away from fifth they are like in fourth place and approaching Chelsea's expected goal difference per 90 uh, yeah we don't have the exact stats in front of us for that time but you know they were really low down with um, right. Nuno, so yeah. like, and this is Conte's first league loss. Um, it, you know, to come against Chelsea, that's not the last worst thing in the world. They had that tremendous comeback against Leicester uh, in the ninety fifth and ninety seventh minute. And Tottenham are now favourites for fourth, despite yeah. uh, losing here. They're thirty nine percent for fourth. Arsenal are second favourite at thirty four percent. So kind of basically a split between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then United at 18 and everyone else is in single digits. So like Tottenham are decidedly, you know, infinitely better than they were before. Oh, a hundred percent. No one's arguing with that. It's just that I think I you see this setup and you see this personnel and I didn't really see it going any other way. And I think Chelsea, well, they worked through the gears as the game went on really nicely. Probably never got up to top gear because top gear means Lukaku being absolutely on it and and firing in and us you know just doing anything man just doing anything sake. yeah exactly uh, but like they <laughs> worked through the gears enough to win i thought relatively comfortably and it was it was pretty nice but yeah obviously conte's fantastic manager and and i think if levy does put his hand in his pocket and buy Oh, Adama Traore for 20 million that's a weird one i mean if the thing is i think that could be amazing I think that could work out really well. Imagine Traore on one side and Hyungmin Son on the other. Just, <laughs> yeah. And with Kane pinging balls? Damn, man. No, he's getting Traore terrible. to play wingback. Conte is going to make Traore the new Victor Moses. He's going to make him like an amazing wingback if he gets him. I'm terrified of that situation. Really? So you think he goes as someone who is a squad player at Wolves, and I love Traore, but do you think he just gets straight into the starting eleven and he's a regular? I mean, regular it might starter. take him a few weeks to like learn the system, and Conte won't put him in until he thinks right, he's ready. Yeah, yeah. But like by the end of the season, one of the best right wing backs in the league, if it happens, and Conte's coaching him. If you're right, and they get that for twenty million quid, then that's fucking amazing <laughs> i do think 20 million is a steal but i also think he he is a squad player for wolves and and we're talking about him being starting 11 and an absolute superstar for tottenham and yeah, but that's because bruno yeah. large is just the enemy of fun 
It's the enemy <laughs> of fun. And like you need Adama Traore, God bless him, you need to play the percentages. <laughs> so he needs to be on for as many minutes as possible because he is gonna have to take fifteen shots <laughs> to maybe get an assist out of it. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. they go wayward yeah. I, I can't believe they didn't bring him on to bring the drone down for fuck's sake like, <laughs> that would have worked but if 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 Conte can just get that guy to have even a smidgen better decision making and not to kick the ball as hard as possible <laughs> because his muscles don't allow it to go softer <laughs> Yeah. He's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah. It's this greased up fucking behemoth <laughs> charging the fastest guy in the fucking league. Yeah. Spirit, no, that'd be terrifying. And like Oscar disrespectfully always uses Victor Moses in this way. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace's most decorated player ever. Thank you very much. Um, he, claiming Victor Moses. He came from Palace Academy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. He only got sold because we were going under to Wigan. Then ended up at Chelsea. He won every. He's our most decorated player ever in our history. It's just a fact. And if 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 that happens, <laughs> if he gets a Dharma Traore just to calm down a little bit. That's fucking cool. That'll be fun. Well, and and Conte is exactly the type of manager that someone like Adama Traore could thrive under because he is very tactically rigid. Which is why he only hangs around for like two or three seasons because then players get tired of like mm. him being so stubborn. He'll be like, "This, this, these are the five things that you're allowed to do, and this is when you do them. Stop thinking. Do the things that I said. This is the system." And Treore would fucking thrive there. Like he would absolutely get the Gump. most out of him. This could be like Forrest Gump, <laughs> Forrest when, Gump. He, when he plays college football. <laughs> Adama Traore is going to be standing exactly still. The ball's going to come to him and he's going to look to Antonio Conte. Run. Antonio Conte's going to go, run! And pew! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it for the fixtures. That's it for the fixtures. I mean, I'm at my pa- if you couldn't tell from the very squeaky chair and the poor audio quality, I'm at my parents' house. In an apparent Aladdin's cave of, of tech gear, <laughs> instruments, music. I didn't even show you there's a samurai sword up there. Of course there is. Thing. Why wouldn't there be? Of course there is. <laughs> and my dad's got all his karate belts up there in a real masculine show of grrr. Uh, do you want a quiz? Always. Yes. Always. Let's have a quiz. Uh, don't have a jingle. Can't be honest. Uh, it is a straight question and answer. I thought this week, a lot of weird shit happened, so I thought I'd uh, do a quiz about the weird and wonderful world of this game week, game week of 23. <laughs> okay. So get yourselves a pen and paper. Uh, yep. There are 10 questions. Question number one. After uh, an altercation with Abdullahi Dukure in the Villa-Everton match, which player had their shirt ripped from their body and then had to play the rest of the first half in a blank back shirt. No name, no number. Just vibes. Oh, I do not know this. So this is going to be a complete guess. I don't even know more than like two players on Everton's. So. <laughs> what it, were the teams? It was a Villa player. Oh, okay, cool. Question two. What, and I'll repeat that, that ended up causing a 10-minute delay in the Watford-Norwich game? What, for question three, ended up causing a 19-minute delay in Brentford Wolves? Question four. We are currently at the 24th 
of January. Since the 13th of December, how many Premier League games have Burnley played? <laughs> Very good. Right? Ooh. 13th of December to the 24th of January, how many Premier League games have Burnley played? It's a long time over that sort of fixture tinsel window. Closest will get the point, I think. Doesn't feel one. like a lot of games, though. <laughs> Question five. In what minute did Kyle Walker-Peters embrace his inner Ricardo Charisma and put Southampton ahead against Manchester City? Again, closest minute gets it. Charisma famously scoring with the... Refusing to ever use the inside or the laces of his boot. Only the outside. Question six. Which player celebrated their equalising goal with their trademark arm moved, arm move, which has been inspired apparently by tectonique dance moves, but has also been called a shit little celebration by Paddy Bauer? <laughs> which player celebrated their equalising goal this week with a trademark arm move, apparently inspired by tectonic electro dance moves, but was also called a shit little celebration by Paddy Bauer? Whilst they uh, have a think over that one, you can join this podcast, patreon.com forward slash Mars Offside Pod. Give us a little bit of money, get a little something back. Question seven. How many defenders did Antonio Conte start against Chelsea in their 2-0 loss in the league? And I'm taking this by my category of defenders, <laughs> Jeff. Because <laughs> these players are defenders before you... You know, put your pen down. Stop writing your letter. Question eight. Who is now officially the worst fucking referee in the world after their <laughs> unbelievably <laughs> bullshit performance in the Crystal Palace Liverpool game? For the record, I complained about this ref two different times this season and you both were like, shut up. There's no such thing about that. <laughs> I was like, you know I never complain about referees. This one specific ref I fucking hate. Eight. Sometimes, Oscar, though, when you nail your your uh, mask to the post with... Is that the one? No, colours nail your flag to the mast. Yeah. Flag to the mast, colours. No, when you... This is all staying in, though. When you <laughs> no, nail is, your Something gets to nailed to mast, something else. Something does. They nail in the coffin. Um, you very often have the wrong name. So I admire you fair going enough. bold early here. <laughs> That's a fair, fair point, enough. yeah. Yeah. We, I fucking hate him every time we lose, and it's his fault. He means Anthony Taylor. <laughs> Question Maybe. nine. Which manager was sent off after receiving two yellow cards post-match <laughs> after allegedly, according to him, saying to the ref after the first one, you may as well give me a second if you've booked me already. That counts as further dissent, does it? Amazing. It does. That got the second yellow <laughs> That's hilarious. Apparently, he wasn't sure if he got the first one, but he said, if you did, just book me for that. Book <laughs> you me better again. make sure you book me again. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> nice for a bleep. And question 10. Which manager claimed their team's performance was one of the best performances of the season before he stared at the reporter <laughs> for seven seconds straight, then aggressively adding, by far? Well, look, uh, this is another one I don't know, but based on that, I only got one guess. <laughs> I wonder if it's the same as my guess, because I was also like, oh, that sounds like him. 
Surely. But it could be a different hymns. Surely. It's, I'm very curious. <laughs> could be different hymns. Uh, what's the score in the quiz? Is it 8 7? 10 9? 6 5? I'm down by one. I know that. You're down by one. 8 7. Let's say that. Right. <laughs> All right. Question number one. Which player ended up without a shirt number in the Villa Everton game? That was Jacob Ramsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had point I said Luca Dean. Abdullah Dekure literally ripped the shirt from his body. It was like Hulk Hogan. It was incredible. Wow. Uh, what ended up causing a 10-minute delay in Watford Norwich? That was a floodlight failure. I bet floodlights stroke Mike Dean. I said I light think, blackout. I don't think they stroked Mike Dean. <laughs> I think Mike Dean strokes himself <laughs> enough. But Looking in the blackout. mirror. Yeah, you can have blackout. Of course you can. Uh, what ended up causing a 19-minute delay in Brentford Wolves? It was, of course, a drone. Because reasons. There's reasons. <laughs> Streams are available online. Since the 13th of December, I would like your guesses mm, for this one. Oscar, okay. how many games do you think Burnley have played since the 13th of December? I, because I'm assuming that this would be a funny number, given that you're asking it as a question, went with very, very low here. I hope this doesn't backfire. I said three. Oscar said three. Ian? I said two. Oof. Same strategy, Ian? Yeah. It was closest wins. One of you was spot on. Oh. Oscar Puente. Yeah. Oh. Get in. Yeah. Well in a played. month and 11 games, a month and 11 <laughs> days, sorry, Burnley played three games. Wow. In the league. And they lost Chris Wood. Ian, that's what you get um, for picking an even number. We already told you, odd numbers only, baby. <laughs> in a way. Sure. Uh, that's a rule. Yeah. Question five. Again, this is closest. Uh, what minute did Carl Walker Peters, blah, 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 blah. Ian, what number did you put? I remember getting the notification on my phone, I'm afraid, so I think it was the seventh minute. Hey, Oscar? I'm going to assume that Ian gets the point here. I took a guess. I said 13th. Uh, of course he did. It was indeed the seventh minute. Should have gone seven, well done. Oscar. Should have gone seven. My usual bid on uh, <laughs> Bluffer, Billy. Odd number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I went 13 because that's my lucky number. So. <laughs> well, not this time. Uh, not this time. The player uh, whose arm um, move celebration was called a shit little celebration is I'm Eric Laporte. Oh. He is Eric Laporte. Um, have a little uh. video of it. it yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Ian, what was your guess there? I'm curious. I had Ivan Tony. Oh, I put Welbeck. Ivan yeah. Tony did nothing. Ivan Tony, who shaved all his hair off. Yeah. Not a fan. Uh, players no. have got a big break now, haven't they? So they're all going to go on holiday. So they all got their hair. That works. Uh, Antonio Conte, how many defenders did he start in? Six. Oscar? I also said six. 1.8 is six. Eric Dyer, Davinson Sanchez, Jaffet Tanganga, Ben Davis, Ryan Sessignon, and Matt Doherty. Uh, they are defenders, even though they can't defend. <laughs> uh, question eight, Kevin Friend. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was yep. right. I got the name right. Hey. <laughs> Well done, you. Uh, the manager that was sent off after two yellow cards post-match after saying, if you put me once, you may as well give me a second. <laughs> Thomas Frank. Oh. The man is insane. <laughs> did you get that one, Ian? I did, mate, yeah. Ah, uh, you're going to win it then. And number 10, which manager claimed their team's performance was one of the best performances of the season? I said Pep. Yeah, it's got to be Pep. It was, of course, Pep Guardiola. Shut up your scores. How many did you get, Oscar? I got six. Ian? Yay! I got seven, yeah. 
I think it's that seventh seventh minute Kyle Walker Peters goal did it for me. There it is. Congratulations, Mr. Stimson, taking it to 9-7 maybe uh, for this week. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and that, yeah, that wraps us up for the week. I mean, there's uh, a break, which is like an international break, but it's not an international break because not all the international teams are playing. Uh, but there's also FA Cup games. and But Burnley play again. Um, don't really know what to think of it. <laughs> well then... <laughs> Like you always accuse me of going too late. Oh, yeah, 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 no, 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 good for you. Oh, my name's Ian. I can press a button. Uh, say goodbye, Oscar Puente. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Ian Stibson. Bye-bye. And, of course, as ever, thank you to our producers, Johnny Worthington, Nate Whitten, Mark Daffin, Sam Danby, Jeff Pedder, Andy Kempraise, he, uh, Sutton? Yeah, yeah. Sutton. By the way, my good news is that my Rocket League team tryouts are this week and we get to start the season next week. Let's go. I'm not leaving that.